Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sonny D. I'm still battling this cold, uh, so I do have this dry, sexy, deep voice, uh, but it does uh, wear out a little bit, so I don't know how much uh, energy we have today, but we're going to try and get in this episode. Um, It's probably going to be a briefer episode today, but I want to talk a little bit about hockey, Um, my beloved Winnipeg Jets. My uh, and just uh, the All Star break is come has officially started. Last night was the last night of play for many teams, so now we are going into the All Star break. Uh, and some storylines there. Um, but I guess let's start off with the Winnipeg Jets, who uh, lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Uh, not their greatest uh, performance at all, uh, but. Uh, regardless, they, uh, showed up, they lost, Columbus has been playing well, I think it was their sixth or seventh straight victory, uh, the Jets, through the first quarter of the season, playoff team, through this second quarter, not a playoff team, uh, they currently sit three points out of a playoff spot, many people are thinking the sky is falling, that seems to be the common rhetoric, uh, when discussing, uh, my beloved Winnipeg Jets, However, I want to be clear on one thing when it comes to the Jets, and that is this. I had said before the season started, I did not know or think that they were going to be a playoff team. I think the Jets have far bigger issues than a losing streak right now. Uh, Paul Maurice apparently has not signed a a contract extension. Uh, There's talk with all these other coaches being fired now. Uh, Some of the gossip seems to be, is he going to be the next one to be let go? Uh, It would be a shame. I do like Paul Maurice. I do like what he's done with this team. But like anything, there's only so far you can take a team. And maybe he's gotten that team ready to take the next step. However, I don't think that this is a team that is about to take the next step. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. It's just a friendly reminder that maybe the Jets have been a little overachieving this year. Maybe the expectation of the playoffs was a little far-fetched. Maybe uh, we should be expect, you know be happy that they're competitive. Uh, but again, we got spoiled when they made that Western Conference final run. The Jets do have some big names, some good talent. I mean, we can start in the net and work our way out. Connor Hellebuck is one of the best, most consistent goalies in the NHL over the last few seasons. No doubt about it. I think he's faced and stopped the most shots out of any goalie over the last three years. Don't doubt that. The guy's been unreal. Absolutely unreal. But now all of a sudden you jump up to the defense. And this is where the problems begin and don't seem to stop for the Jets. They watched three of their top four defensemen walk away. They traded Jacob Truba because apparently there was talk they weren't going to get an extension done, so they traded him away. Uh, I can't remember what they got in return, but as of right now, it it is not paying off. Uh, They let uh, Tyler Myers walk, and then Dustin Bufflin walked away. Like, Dustin Bufflin said, yeah, no, not for me this year. 
And now, granted, there were some other issues. There's been a lot of talk. Um, it was revealed that he had an ankle injury. He has since had ankle surgery, from what I understand, um, but is currently suspended by the team, which um, has led to some, I guess, suspicions as to what is going on maybe behind the scenes. He's claiming it was a hockey-related injury. Apparently, there's going to be a grievance filed by the PA. I'm not sure. Uh, how this plays out, but nonetheless, Bufflin isn't there, Myers isn't there, Truba isn't there, leaving Morrissey, and essentially only Morrissey as a, one of the top ones, and it wasn't like they filled the role with other top four defensemen. Tucker Pullman's been in and out of the lineup, Sammy Niku's been in and out of the li um, lineup, Kulikov's been in and out of the lineup. It just has been incredibly inconsistent, and not near good enough, if we're being honest defensively. <laughs> for my beloved Winnipeg Jets. And sometimes the hardest things for us to hear is the truth. And the truth of the matter is, I don't think, pardon me, the Jets' defense has been good enough this year. I don't think they have what it takes. The Western Conference is stacked. And I mean, when you look at some of these other teams, you have teams that have underperformed over the last couple of years that are now starting to perform the way they should. Dallas, St. Louis, who's the defending cup champions, and running away with the Central Division. Nashville's underachieving badly, but again, even forgetting Nashville, you still have Colorado in there. You have Chicago, which is kind of being a little bit sneaky. You know, I would have thought maybe their best days were behind them, but might not be the case. But even still, looking at them, all of these teams, I don't know that the Jets are better than the fifth best team or that are... I'm sorry, let me restart that. I don't know that the Jets are anything higher than really the fifth best team in the, in the Central Division. And I don't know that fifth best in the Central Division is enough to make the playoffs. When you look over at the Pacific Division, I mean, you have those California teams, which I think they are starting to understand their best days might very well be behind them. You have a situation where you look forward to their other the other teams in the Pacific. You have Edmonton. You have Calgary. You have Arizona. You have Vegas. You have four teams there that are all making playoff pushes. I mean, Vancouver maybe. Yeah, I don't know with Vancouver what they're going to end up doing. But you have three solid teams there all looking to make playoff pushes. And I mean, we're down now to 30-ish games left in the season. So when you think about that and put that into perspective, I mean, the time is now and there's some urgency. Now, the craziest thing about it is when you look at some of the, the Jets, offensively, again, there are some holes that need to be plugged up. And... I mean, we, I was I saw on TSN and there was some discussion about this, and we'll get into that, about whether players should be or shouldn't be skipping All-Star games, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But when you look at the Jets, that team that made the Western Conference final push was probably the best Jets team we have iced, period, since they've been back in Winnipeg. If I'm being honest, that is the best Jets team. The Jets over the last two seasons have progressively taken steps backwards. 
It's time for some tough love. I love my Jets, but it's time for some tough fucking love. The Jets need to get their shit together and they need to get together as of yesterday. This is a team that offensively has taken steps back. Their, start, their top six look different than they did last year. You have a guy in Brian Little who I've said, and I, and I have nothing against Brian Little. Nothing against Brian Little. But when you're building and trying to rebuild on the fly and stay relevant on the fly, and we talk about those windows, certain pieces are tradable and expendable. Brian Little, over the last couple of years, was at an all-time high when it came to his trade value. Brian Little has spent most of the season, from what I understand and have seen, sidelined with injury. Let's be crystal clear about that. Brian Little could come back and make a splash, but Brian Little is a trade piece. Matthew Perot is a trade piece. I don't want to see another situation this year where we decide to not only give away draft picks, but we give away high-level prospects and players like Brendan Lemieux for a player that's going to come and leave within two months, a.k.a. Kevin Hayes. Now, I don't blame Kevin Hayes for that. Not at all. Kevin Hayes has got to do Kevin Hayes. I, I don't blame Kevin Hayes for leaving. They, Philadelphia made him a hell of an offer. The Jets were not going to match that, and nor should they have. Uh, but nonetheless, we lost Brendan Lemieux. Brendan Lemieux is one of those character players you need come playoff time. He has skill. He's a great skater. And he's got some grit and toughness. He's that guy that'll dig in the corner. He's that guy that will help you win playoff rounds. But we said bye-bye. Paul Stasny. There was talk that Stasny was expecting to stay in Winnipeg. And apparently we just couldn't make him an offer. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's true. That's purely speculation. But what I do understand, regardless of all of that, is there wasn't enough effort made to keep Paul Stasny. And yes, if losing a Matthew Perot or losing a Brian Little, who again, I've got nothing against these two, meant keeping Paul Stasny, you take Paul Stasny every fucking day. You do. Period. Jets, they gotta get something going. Now, the problem is when you start taking steps backwards, other teams are still taking steps forward. Also, you have teams that were ahead of you to begin with, that you're not even icing a team that can compete with. I think the Jets have got to, as an organization, have to have some very tough boardroom discussions when it comes to the shape, the face, the direction of this team. Maybe it's a new message behind the bench. Might be. I don't know that that's enough. I think there are some major personnel changes. They don't make the playoffs. It is immediate rebuild time. It is immediate action. That whole back six, that bottom six on that team are all expendable at this point. Maybe with the exception of Lowry. I'm a big Adam Lowry fan. I think losing Lowry would be a shame. Keep Lowry. Little could go. Perot could go. Most of the defense could go if it meant icing a better team. And that's what you have to do is ice the best possible team. <coughs> Are there some possible trade partners? I don't know. I really don't know, but I know that's what the Jets need to do. Um, 
I mean, there have been a lot of talks that maybe Kevin Sheveldayoff has gotten has done as much as he can as the GM of the team. Maybe it's that direction. Maybe the direction of the team, the change needs to come all the way at the top. We've seen Ray Shiro uh, get replaced in New Jersey. I don't know. Maybe Sheveldayoff is next. I understand he has a great relationship with the owners, though, and that has kind of um, influenced things a bit. And again, when I talk about these things... It's not a spite on any of these people. I've got nothing against Kevin Sheldale. I've got nothing against Paul Maurice. I've got nothing against those bottom six forwards on the Jets. It's just about anal- analysis, breaking down, and discussion. And when we're discussing making a better Jets team, these are the things you have to discuss. You have to be quite candid. Leading into the next part, and that's the All-Star Games. So... What happens if you voluntarily skip the All-Star game is you are forced to sit out a game. It can either be the game immediately prior to the All-Star game or the game immediately following the All-Star game. And that's if you just choose to pull out. If you say, you know what, I could play, but I'm choosing not to, and you were selected, you do, you get penalized for that. In some in the Alex Ovechkin case, I think he missed it last year as well, Basically, he's saying that, you know what, getting that extra bit of time off is worth it in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of it, I have played a lot of hockey. I plan to play well into the postseason. I want to make another cup run. I want to make another push for 50 goals. Having to sit out a game isn't the worst thing in the world, but getting that extra time off, boy, does it fucking help. All right. The other side of it, too, is that the All-Star game itself in the NHL has started to lose its value and meaning more and more with every passing year. This three-on-three tournament-style nonsense is nothing more than a carnival show uh, in, um, showcasing the best talents in the NHL. That's all it is. There's no meaning to it. And I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago um, in my episode uh, about Alex Ovechkin. You have to make the All-Star game worth something if you're going to get the players to show up and play. The other side of it, again, teams don't want to see their star players getting injured playing super hard in an all-star game. In baseball, the likelihood of injuries, now I don't know this offhand, but I'm imagining is less than hockey. You don't body check each other in baseball. Nobody's coming out there and trying to hit you as you're trying to make the catch in uh, the outfield. That's why, for instance, pro bowlers don't go on to play in the Super Bowl that same year because, again, you don't want the chance of your, you know, star running back busting up their ankle, tearing an ACL at the Pro Bowl the week before the Super Bowl. just doesn't happen. NHL, I kind of think it's the same thing. You have to incentivize players. Now, I saw a clip from Overdrive where Jeff O'Neill said, or I, I forget if it was O'Neill or O'Dog, or, or not O'Dog, or Noodles, or if it was Hayes, but the, the idea of in, a financial incentive. So you go back to five-on-five hockey, MVP, million bucks. That could be some incentive. Fuck yeah, if I was playing, I could use a million bucks. Fuck yeah. No different than as I talk about with my player of the year. With poker, I think you get a free entry into the following year's main event is the prize. Now, granted, if you have a backer and the backer says, hey, this is the deal, plus if you win player of the year, I mean, you're keeping that um, free entry, that's when you really are playing for. 
You're like, I want that free entry into the following year's main event because that's when I can make some money for yours truly. That's how I would look at it. But if you were also to give some financial incentive, open up the player of the year competition a little bit, again, you might see some players playing a fuller schedule. And it is tough. It is mentally and physically tough <clears throat> playing a full summer's poker schedule. But I find myself digressing from the subject matter of this episode, which is hockey, so let's stick to that, is these all-star games. <coughs> I get it. You're into the latter third of the year now. Everybody has to make a decision as to what's best for their team, best for their own personal players, whatever it is. I get the Ovechkin argument. Austin Matthews pulled out, I think it was yesterday, of the all-star game, saying he's having a nagging wrist issue, which... None of us are doubting, but it's that idea now is every player that has any possible injury related reason to not play in the all-star game going to do it. Are they going to say, Hey, you know what? Fuck. We don't need Austin Matthews playing in the all-star game. We need Austin Matthews scoring 50 goals and getting us into the playoffs. You start looking at other players, other teams. Is that a logic that now starts getting used? Or do you have players that say, you know what, I'll fucking sit it out. Your team's saying, you know what, I don't want to take the chance of having a Mark Scheifele get injured. So you know what, fuck it, I'll have him sit out a game, whatever, just as long as he isn't playing in the All-Star game. Give him the rest, plus he gets the extra day or two rest from having to sit out. So again, you're not totally getting punished. The only thing you're getting punished on is I think maybe you don't get paid for the game. I'm not that you're missing and um or b I, I think you might even still be getting paid but regardless is you're not and his stats so you don't have the opportunity to score more or get more whatever it is but you're getting that fucking rest and if you're not playing back to backs on the way back in guess what you're getting extra rest so again in ovechkin's case it's some well-deserved well-earned time off but now you can start seeing where some teams that are going to be making these hard grinds you look at the leafs for instance you look at the jets outside looking in guess what is it the worst idea in the world to be having some of your players taking the all-star game off you look in the in the art the article i saw on tsn today which um i mean is feeling my which is gonna kind of be a bit of a theme for this discussion here is when you look at those goalies so you look at teams that are going to be relying heavily on that number one goalie so I mean, Florida's different because I don't think Bobrovsky got selected for the All-Star game. I'd be hard-pressed to imagine he did. He's been playing horribly in Florida. But um, you look at the two big cases, and the big cases are Winnipeg and Toronto, where Freddie Anderson in Toronto and Connor Hellebuck in uh, Winnipeg are going to be carrying the bulk of the workload moving forward. Is there an argument to be made for their respective teams to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need you going into an all-star game, getting lit up, possibly pulling something, and just having all of that to deal with. I mean, you look at John Gibson, who in my opinion is still the best goalie in the NHL right now, got lit up for, what, seven goals last year? You know... Does the best goalie in the NHL need to be lit up for seven goals for our entertainment? Hell no. Fuck that. 
I don't know if I was in the NHL and I was a goalie, I'd be overly keen to be going to the All-Star game playing 3-on-3. I barely, I barely like signing up to play 3-on-3 ball hockey, and I know what kind of shooting gallery that is. At the NHL level, I don't know that I need that. I don't know that I need to be hearing that buzzer go off as people are lighting me up for goal after goal after goal after fucking goal. Fuck that shit. Also, I know as a goalie myself, I know, and I play rec level. I know that sometimes taking a couple of days off is so important. I know the importance of making sure my groins are nicely stretched out, that they're not overly worn, my hips, my back, all of this. I hurt my shoulder at spongy, I hurt my hip, you know, all of these things. I know taking some time off for me is important. At the NHL level, it's no different. It really isn't. Now, I've never played at the NHL level, but... I, I know what rest is, and I know that you need it. I don't know that it's the best idea to be having Hellebuck and Anderson go. Now, I get it from a player perspective to be like, yeah, I got to go to an all-star game. I got to play in an all-star game. You know, they get to take family, whatever it is. I get all of that. I get all of the arguments. 100% I do. And I think when it's all said and done... There's arguments to be made both sides. That's all I'm saying. And I think there are ways, and I think until they re-incentivize players to go and make it a more maybe player-friendly experience, you're going to see a situation here where more and more arguments are going to come forward, especially if they continue with this three-on-three tournament-style all-star game, where, yeah, I think you're going to see more and more players looking to pull out. And saying, you know what, it just isn't for me. I think we have a situation this year where Crosby isn't going. I mean, he was injured for a big portion of it, but I don't think Crosby's going. You know, I don't think Crosby's going. So, I mean, we'll see. But nonetheless, I think a drastic overhaul to the all-star format in the NHL is very necessary. And especially now as we're seeing more and more players kind of pull out. I think we had Dylan Larkin this year, who's... I mean, Detroit's best player and one of the best players in the league, basically say, don't pick me, don't vote for me, none of that shit. I do not want to go. Now, I guess he has since apologized for it. And, and you know, I said, you know, maybe I was out of line. But maybe behind the scenes, he wasn't that out of line. Maybe he was just looking out for himself and saying, you know what, fuck it, I want some time off. Now, I get the case with Larkin's a little different. Detroit ain't making the playoffs anytime soon. That is not happening this year. I don't know that that's happening next year either. But I get where a guy like Larkin could say, you know what? It isn't for me. And for some players, it isn't. But I get Jeff O'Neill's perspective. He had brought up that he said, you know, I remember like the one all-star game I went to where fucking Lemieux pulls out, this guy pulls out, that player pulls out. And he's like, you know what? It kind of does suck. Especially when you're a young up-and-coming player to be like, hey, I get to play on the same fucking team as Alex Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby or Austin Matthews, and they're pulling out. I get that. There's a lot that goes into these things, and there's a lot of stakeholders involved, and I think that's why we need to see this overhaul. So I I do push for the overhaul here in the NHL All-Star game, Um, but I think this is that part, part of the episode, usually my hockey episodes, where I make some predictions. I'm going to say this. I don't see my beloved Winnipeg Jets getting into the playoffs this year. I think this is the first time in, what, three or four years. It's just not going to happen. I think they are not far enough along in the in the Central Division 
Um, they're losing too many games. Everybody else is winning more games. I think it's just there's a lack of depth. Unless they start winning some games right out of the All-Star break and can justify some big moves at the trade deadline, they're going to be on the outside looking in. Toronto got themselves into a hole early in the season. I think the thing they benefit from, though, is, pardon me, so did kind of everybody in that division. So they benefit from the fact that they could, I mean, other than the Bruins, I think the big bad Bruins are running away with that division. They could feasibly get into the playoffs. And I think they might still be holding the number three spot in that division. Uh, therefore, they would end up being on the road against uh, Tampa Bay, which is not an enviable, ta- which is, I mean, I would not want to be playing them. So, I mean, Toronto's probably getting in, and I'm going to go ahead and predict that Toronto does get into the playoffs. Another storyline is going to be Montreal. There's been a lot of talk how um, Price and Weber are going to stay put. That could be the case. They're in a situation in Montreal there where they need to really take a hard look at what's going on. When you look at guys like Carey Price and Shea Weber, and I'm not trying to sound awful when I say this, but it is hard to say. And sometimes, as I said, the hardest things to hear are the truth. The Their best days to win cups for their teams. So for them to be the reason to win cups are behind them. They are no longer going to be those guys that are going to carry Stanley Cups. They will help you. <coughs> Pardon me. Carey Price is still one of the best, if not, and many argue, still the best goalie in the game. There's a valid point there. But is he the Carey Price of four years ago? <coughs> Pardon me again. Five years ago. I don't know. I don't know that we're in a situation where Carey Price is carrying the Montreal Canadiens to a Stanley Cup. I don't know that him and Shea Weber are carrying the Canadiens to the Stanley Cup. They played great supporting and secondary roles. Fuck yeah. I think if some of those teams that needed to take one little step in the right direction, fuck yeah, I think that could be... I could see in Nashville, if they made a push here in the second half of the season, why wouldn't you try to reacquire Shea Weber? I could see a situation where teams do say, hey, you know what? Maybe we do want Carey Price. Why not? I mean, maybe Carey Price says, you know what? As much as I'd love to win a cup for Montreal, I want to win a cup. You know, and there's a tearful goodbye, but maybe he has to leave. I'm going to say this. I don't know what the changes are going to be, but I'm going to predict that Somewhere between the second half of this season and the beginning of next season, there is going to be some major changes in Montreal. Major changes. Uh, So, as I said, the big three predictions for today. Winnipeg, not making the playoffs. Toronto, making the playoffs, but out in the first round yet again. Montreal, big changes. Anyway, I thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. And again, uh, thank you for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. really means the world to me. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Take care and bye-bye for now.